Hello and welcome to our Thursday Top 5. I'm Paige. I'm Anna. And we're so appreciative of all the feedback that we've been getting during our soft launch. So we wanted to announce and are very excited to announce a little bit of restructuring for our future episodes. Yes, so Monday Chatter Check-In will now be a check-in of what we have done during the week art-related because apparently people wanted to hear more about that and a lot of people are curious of what's going on in New York art event-related. So we will be going to museums and other types of exhibitions and reporting on that. And then this will allow our Thursday Top 5 to truly be Thursday Top 5 all art news that you need to know for the week. Yes, so it'll be news-heavy. Um, And then for Friday episodes, we are still going to have our Friday features every other Friday, so bi-monthly, so we can get into it for the week. Yes, our first headline comes to us courtesy of Artnet News, where it was reported that, quote, this new Palm Beach art fair aims to create some extra buzz around the city's burgeoning art market. So David and Leanne Lester, who are veteran art fair executives, are attempting to launch an inaugural in-person fair despite COVID-19 restrictions, which have pushed practically all commercial art events online. It's interesting because this couple is no stranger to unique projects, as they were also behind the short-lived yet very innovative art fair on a yacht, which was aptly titled Sea Fair and happened in 2011. The private art fair will be held in Palm Beach between February 24th and 28th of 2021. Yes, and the private art fair will be replacing their long-running event, the Palm Beach Show, which has been going on for over 20 years. But that event focused on regional dealers and decorative art rather than the mega galleries that the new event is trying to attract. And what's so interesting about this is that these events are being held at the same venue. Mm -hmm. So the Palm Beach show was canceled and they're now replacing it with this new in-person fair. It's happening at the Palm Beach County Convention Center, but will only be held at 6 to 8% capacity, which reduces the number of attendees from over 6,000 to only three to 400 people in attendance at any given time. The like fact that they're hoping will encourage people to attend is that the building has received an independent certification by the GBAC STAR accreditation for COVID-19 safety and sanitation. Yeah, so it'll be very small or a lot smaller compared to their usual events and compared to other art fairs around the world. And obviously having this accreditation is supposed to attract dealers and collectors, but it is also kind of meant to attract the same crowd that would have would have attended Miami Art week events in December, such as Art Basel, which obviously was moved to be an online event. And Palm Beach is becoming quite the hub for the art world, as we previously discussed. Mm -hmm. Galleries that were successful in the Hamptons this summer are hoping to be equally successful in Palm Beach. Yeah, so we discussed like Pays and Aquabella a few weeks ago and also Sotheby's is opening a spot in Palm Beach. Right. So I think this new fair is kind of trying to hop on to that success. Yes. And something that I found so interesting about the fair is that all guests will be invited. So there are no tickets for sale and no admissions, um, admission fees. It will just be based on like an invite and each guest will be given a specific time to visit based on their availability. 
And I do wonder how this will affect people from attending because Miami Art Week in December is truly Art Week and there's mm-hmm. lots of events like tangentially happening. Right. To but this the is fair. just one thing. Right. Right. But they are doing a lot to encourage a number of collectors mm-hmm. to attend. Yes. And they're hoping that people from the East Coast will fly on their private jets for just the day, which is a big commitment. But I guess if they are really truly that passionate about art they will be there they're trying to make it as easy as possible they're providing limousine service from the airport to the fair and back Mm -hmm. so they're really hoping i think collectors will venture down yes and no no exhibitors have been confirmed yet but they claim to be in talks with over 30 galleries so this is very exciting and we will keep an eye out for whatever is going on yeah and hopefully we'll set a sort of standard for more in-person events in 2021 Yes. Exciting. This second story of the day comes to us from Forbes, where it was reported that, quote, with latest series, IBE, artist Sarah Baba explores a whole new terrain herself. So this headline is actually from a couple of weeks ago, but very exciting for this week because Baba's prints are out for sale. I am so excited about her prints being out um, out for sale. I've been waiting for them for basically the whole month because they were released at the beginning of October. So I just love that they're finally here. And for our audience members who might not know, Sarah Baba is an Australian artist of Jordanian and Palestinian descent. Her art went viral on Instagram in 2016 when she started sharing still images with one-line phrases that appealed to a younger audience. Yes, and her art is very personal and it obviously just focuses on her own experiences, but it usually showcases other artists such as Dylan Sprouse and Noah Centineo as subjects. But for Aive, she used herself as the model. So she's not only creating the one-liners and directing the shoots, but she actually is modeling herself. So it takes um, that personal experience to a whole new level. And Aive translates to shame in English, which is significant for the artist because throughout her life, she commented in the article that she always felt like she was too Arab in a Western setting and too Western in an Arab setting. So she never Mm -hmm. felt like she truly fit in. And that's where a lot of this series stems from yes um in her press release for the exhibition she says quote the series is not just a readaptation of my art it is a reclaiming of my voice one more time this series encapsulates my journey into embracing my identity as a proud western arab and i actually discovered baba's work because you sent it to me over instagram yes i uh, have been following her on instagram for a long time and i honestly don't know how i found her but i love the things she does and i think they're very relatable because it is sad Tire that appeals to our generation. And speaking of this ability to appeal to our generation, mm-hmm. something that's really engaging about the prints that are coming for sale this week is that they are pay what you can. Yes. So the series features 32 images, but the five that were released for sale on Monday are able to be purchased pay what you can starting at $50 per print opposed to the typical $300 price. Yes, which is a really great initiative because this way people who would not be able to collect or who love art but cannot afford to buy more high-end things can um, maybe buy one of her prints or someone who wouldn't have been able to afford it otherwise is now able to get them. Realistically, $50 for a true print mm-hmm. is not a bad price if you compare it to things that are on like Society6 yes, or other Yes, exactly, websites. especially because they are signed by her and like it is a limited edition um, series, so it just won't be 
for everyone. But this is not the first time that she has done a pay what you can print. Over the summer, she released a print called Not Your Habibi. And that one was the first one of the pay what you can initiative. I think it's an incredible initiative. And I definitely encourage everyone to go on Instagram or on her website and check it out. Our third headline of the day comes to us from the art newspaper, where it was announced that, quote, stolen Klimt painting buried for 20 years to go back on show at Italian Museum. Gustav Klimt's masterpiece, titled Portrait of a Lady, was stolen 23 years ago from an Italian gallery and will go back on display next month. Yes, to say that this is a wild story would be an understatement. Last December, our gardener working at Ricciotti Gallery in Piazzanza, which is a city in northern Italy, discovered the painting after removing a metal plate on one of the exterior, exterior walls of the gallery. What's so wild to me is that the painting was found in a plastic bag. Yes, it's crazy. And no one knows how long it was in the wall for. There's some speculation that it was there for four years, but Mm -hmm. then that obviously raises questions about where it was for the other 19. Right. And what is so crazy about this too is that how did the gardener think of removing that specific metal plate? Like I wonder if it was an accident or not, but some employees of the gallery were actually put under investigation. So there's just so much, I have so many questions and the Italian government is not really giving us any answers. And the case officially remains unsolved. Exactly. So the circumstances are still so up in the air. Yes. It actually reminds me so much of the Isabella Stewart Gardner heist that we talked about last week. Yes. So maybe there is some hope for those paintings since, I mean, this one was mysteriously returned to the gallery. Maybe the ones from the Isabella Stuart Gardner will also be returned. Yes, and a little update on that story. Anna and I have been trying to watch the Billion Dollar Art Hunt documentary, but it is only available in the UK. Yes. So we are trying to work that out. Yes, we're trying to see if one of our UK friends could possibly send it to us or if there are any other solutions. But going back to the Portrait of a Lady um, story, the gallery is actually having a show on Klimt. So it's perfect timing for them to have found this painting because now Portrait of a Lady will be the star of the show when the exhibition opens in November. Very exciting. Yes. Our fourth story is a different type of museum news. As reported by Artnet, quote, vandals attacked 70 artworks in Berlin museums in broad daylight and commentators are linking the incident to far-right conspiracy theorists. German authorities have revealed that unknown perpetrators attacked art and antiquities across several museums in central Berlin earlier this month by pouring an oily liquid on over 70 works. This is the first we're hearing of the incidents because it was kept from the public for over two weeks as the investigation has been ongoing. Yeah, so the day of the attack was actually October 3rd, which is an annual holiday that commemorates Germany's peaceful reunification. And some people say that the attacks may have been right-wing propaganda, and that's why they happened on that day, that specific day. And the objects that were affected included Egyptian sarcophagi, stone sculptures, and 19th century paintings, all of which were damaged. But apparently, in many cases, the damage could be readily reversed, which is great news. And some works are already back on view, but the stone and wood sculptures are still being restored. It's so sad that this happened, and I don't think people understand how precious these works are and the fact that they're not even in their own countries. They're being displayed in a Western country is already like cause for like uprising and like it has been 
um, the source of many debates. So the fact that they were damaged is even more infuriating. It's but very upsetting. Yes, it is the largest attack on art and antiques in Germany since World War II, which is crazy. And some theories that are being speculated include a vegan cookbook author and far-right conspiracy theorist Attila Hildman, who allegedly called for the destruction of the Pergamon Museum on social media, calling it a satanic site and the source of all evil. It's truly so wild. Another theory is that the German chancellor, Angela Merkel, was using the altar for human sacrifices, which is just insane. It's absurd. And I was unaware, but apparently there's this theory that the Pergamon is is a satanic altar has circulated online for years but in recent months this theory has resurfaced on the messaging app telegram yeah i just cannot believe this story it truly just it's sounds really like, unbelievable yes and it actually reminds me of another headline so this week a man was arrested and taken into custody after breaking into versailles and he was carrying a sheet kind of like wrapped around him it was pretending to be a king so he like ran up to i don't even know how he got onto the grounds of versailles but he smashed a window and tried to get in and he actually got in because he mm -hmm. was in a taxi right and it was the taxi driver who alerted the authorities after dropping this man off, off he yes. like knew something was <laughs> off like. yeah this is super wild but people are crazy right now <laughs> it's like so, is everyone okay yeah <laughs> so um we just need to keep an eye out for all of these wild things happening definitely so our fifth and final story is from the new york times which reported that quote jacob lawrence painting missing for decades is found by met visitor this story is so exciting yes i think it's my favorite story yes, of the day <laughs> there is an exhibition going on right now at the met titled jacob lawrence the american struggle and on display are a series of panels titled struggle from the from the history of the american people only 25 of the 30 panels from the series are on display and the series re-examines the nation's early history. So this series was actually completed in the midst of the civil rights movement and the work presents um, an expansive view of building democracy that integrated Black people, Native Americans, and women into the narrative. A random museum visitor happened to just come across the mm -hmm. exhibit and suspected that one of the five missing panels was actually hanging in her neighbor's Upper West Side apartment for decades. It's crazy. The neighbors, who are an elderly couple and wish to re remain anonymous, purchased the small painting by the re-owned Black artist for a very modest sum at a friend's Christmas charity art auction in 1960 to benefit a music school. Yeah, so the couple are actually not art collectors and they had to contact an art, art advisor to help them contact the Met because they didn't know how to approach the, the museum because it's such a wild story. They did not know they have such a valuable painting right. in their possession. And it had to be authenticated. So right. the museum had to send people and do a condition report yes and the panel was identified as panel 16 and it was reunited with the rest of the works and um it will be part of the traveling the exhibit series, is yes. going to continue to travel across different cities exactly and they were very generous and were willing to loan mm -hmm. the work to the museum for the next yeah um, for cities. the remainder yes of the tour which is great but it closes here in new york on november 1st so we encourage everyone who's here and who is able to to go see it because 
because it's very special. What I found really special about this story too is that there have been so many headlines recently about museums having to sell work off. Yes. And along with that comes this fear of a work disappearing from the public and mm-hmm. not being able to be seen again. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this was missing and is now being able to be yes, seen is so exciting. In, and it's traveling. It's not only staying in New York. So a lot of people will hopefully um, be able to see it. But also the article comments on how fortunate the circumstances were that not only was the work residing just across the park, but it was also in excellent condition and could be immediately reunited with the rest of the works. And this series is particularly of interest because it was never it's never been able to be sold as a complete set. Yeah, that's very interesting to think about. In 2017, actually a similar thing occurred when as a result of heavy exhibition research, panel 19 resurfaced and sold at auction Mm -hmm. to Harvey Ross, who is an art collector and now owns half the series or over half the series and is the largest lender to the Met for this exhibition. Yeah, that's super interesting. That panel is actually called Tensions on the High Seas and it sold at Swan Swan Auction Galleries in 2018 for $413,000, which quadrupled its high estimate of $100,000. So obviously the works in this series are very desirable. Yeah, and hopefully the other four will now be located. I feel like it gives everyone so much hope. Yeah, for sure. It's very um, interesting to see all of these random artworks coming back to be reunited with their other works by the artists. So thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, and tune in tomorrow too. We will be dropping our Friday feature where we talk to Alexandra Grounds, a very incredible young artist and also a friend of ours and that will be available as a podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and also on our youtube channel at curated chatter yes thank you bye